Welcome to the Game 7 Show! It is Monday? Is it Monday? It is Monday. Monday, November 3rd. November 4th. November 4th, man. November 4th, November 5th. They all, they all blend in today. This is the Game 7 Podcast you're listening to. Hosted by Met Radio. Met Radio is the student voice of MSU Denver. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Hit us up with questions for all of our podcasts. Interact with us on social media. Tweet us. Follow us. Like us. Review us. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts right now, I think you could go down and hit a little review. Give us like five stars. Five stars. Five stars. You can even leave a comment too. Yeah. I think there's one comment there right now from Chase. Yeah. Shout out to Chase. Biggest fan, man. I know. <laughs> if you want to be a fan, you can email us, game7showgmail.com. Like us, message us on Facebook, Game7Show. YouTube, Game7Show. That's where we post the full-length video clips of this podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at underscore Game7. You can follow Will at Will Sattler, or Will underscore Sattler. I don't know which one he uses. <laughs> underscore, can, underscore. Will underscore Sattler? Yeah. You can follow me at Isaac underscore Bugarin. Yeah, um, add, add that in there for your, your reading pleasure. I always, I always don't know. Like, last week on the podcast, I ended it, and I was like, this dude has two Twitter accounts, and I don't know which one he uses. I use the one that I use. I use the Game 7 show. Well, actually, it's underscore Game 7. I use that podcast. I use that Twitter account. I use that Twitter account more than I use my own. Uh, yeah, because then you can't be held accountable for your actions. What do you mean? If you tweet something dumb... I don't tweet anything dumb. I'm the- Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> we give you a new show every week. Usually, it's a new show on Tuesday. Um, but due to a couple scheduling conflicts, uh, Will will not be on the podcast tomorrow. Media I'll still day, make man. one. Tomorrow's media day. Yeah, it's oh yeah, that's right, media day. For is it basketball? Both Did basketball. You? Yeah. Nice. Over at Brooklyn's your spot. It's my spot, man. It's my spot. Um, tomorrow I'm having Ronan O'Shea on the podcast as a guest. Who? Ronan O'Shea, man. Who's that? He's the assistant yeah. director of uh, Met Media. Um, so basically, Met Media is who uh, employs us. Uh, at MSU Denver, and he's the assistant director, and um, he's the guy. He actually brought me into Met Radio, brought me into Met Media. Sport Media Ops, man. I know. This I is t- the 2100 class, right? Something like that, yeah. I took his class last year, uh, last spring, actually. I have his class in about an hour. Yeah, and so then uh, um, I told him I had a podcast, or like I had a podcast going, and he was like, well, why don't you come on in? We can get you guys set up in uh, Met the, Media. And, the big leagues. Yeah. And so here we are. Now we're, what, 42 episodes in, and Ronan will be on. Uh, I'm thinking about DMing, or DMing, DMing uh, Kronky soon so we could get into the Altitude Sports Radio studio next. Perfect. That sounds like a great plan. Yeah? Sounds like a great Maybe idea. Maybe if I do it from Game 7, they'll think it's you, and they'll be like, sure. Yeah, because I... Cause I uh, I work for a company that employs that is employed by KZ. Technically. Cronky Sports and Entertainment. Technically. Technically. Huh. But Ronan O'Shea's on tomorrow. Um Gloria I'm gonna butcher her last name again, I think. Gloria Modelia. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. Is, is you that say it? Modelo? <laughs> no, no, no. It's Mo- Modelia. Modelio. She cause she corrected me. I well, said I it hope wrong. So. I said it wrong, I think, a couple weeks ago. Um so she was gonna be on last week's podcast. And then uh, it, snowed. it snowed, and so we couldn't make it to the studio. And then, uh, um, yeah, so then she'll be on the podcast later on this week, or uh, next week. Jeez, do you plan to have three podcasts this week? Maybe. Wow. That would be sweet. 
to have three podcasts this week? You just got to find the space, man. This thing's booked now. I know. I'm the boss here, man. I do what I want, all right? Whoa. Don't got to worry Derek about it. Derek has other things to say. Uh, Tristan Swan, she interacted with us on, on Twitter, and she was like, oh, my gosh, guys, I love your podcast. Thank you, Tristan. You can, be a, you can come on the podcast whenever you want. Absolutely. We're always open to guests. Brady uh, Piper's on, on the list, too. Yeah, Tristan Swan, Brady Piper, Gloria, Ronan. Um, I, I think we should bring back David for uh, Thanksgiving break. Okay. He, okay. Co- he comes back the 21st. So We can do that. I, I think that's his break, but we're the week after, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know what week we are. I know that the 28th is Thanksgiving, but... Yeah, we're off Thanksgiving week. Okay. But we'll we'll probably still make a podcast that week. Oh, well, yeah. I'll have to be here anyway. Oh, you do? I don't oh, know. Duh, you got a paper to make. Actually, I don't know. Huh. We'll see. That's a good question. Maybe I'll just do a couple interviews before then and then clip together the podcast and just post it on that Yeah, man. Of, I don't know. Get some more sources. NCAA athletes. I know, right? Um, actually, that's kind of funny that you said that, that you talk about NCAA athletes. Uh, I hope we see an NCAA football game, NCAA baseball game. That would be sweet. Oh, like, like the video game. The video game. I was like, oh, you've never seen an NCAA football game. I could take you to one soon. Uh, you're such an idiot. <laughs> well, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> you're such an idiot. You said it. Oh, my God. Um, no, because of uh, now NCAA athletes can get paid. Or actually, let me correct myself. They can't get paid. Um, the NCAA is simply just looking at the idea of how to pay um, their players. So, so it's not going to happen in, for at least five or six years. Well, because they're going to take two years to do this study, and then they have to uh, basically um, get all of the people who are still in the NCAA out of the NCAA before they can pay. Like, they have to pay a fresh round yeah. of freshmen. Well, so he- here's a little quick, quick backdrop. So um, a month ago, it may have been, I think it was October 30. No, let me take that back. I think it was August, September 30th. Which one is it? The end of September <laughs> into October, um, the law in California was passed. Gavin Newsom, the governor there, yep. partnered with LeBron James. They pay. They passed the Fair to Pay, Play Pay Act. But essentially, what that did is it said that there are no regulations in California that r- blocks players from getting paid. So they could get paid by the university. They could get paid by just about every single option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the NCAA was like, no, you can't do this. So they met as a board of governors, and they came to the decision that uh, they're going to look into the fact that they can pay it on likeliness, name, and I think there's one other piece that I'm missing. But huh? Is it performance? Oh, no. So uh, the university is still not going to be paying anybody. The, yeah, the exactly. NCAA is not going to be paying anybody. But if they Zion can... Williamson wants to sign a shoe deal with Jordan his freshman year of college, he can do that and make money that off makes it. Sense. So, uh, so college athletes can now – Event, college athletes will one day be able to look into the idea of getting paid by outside and, companies. And more importantly, hiring an agent straight out of high school um, and not being considered anti-amateur or professionalism. Yeah. Uh, but they're looking more, not four or five years, but 2021, 2022. So in realm, NCAA football, something like that, may not come out till 2023, 2024, because the developer at EA Sports is not going to be like, oh, it could happen in 2021. Let's develop this game. Yeah, that makes and sense. And spend all these resources for a game that may not come out. So it's still four or five years off, but the concept of playing paying athletes is not too far off. I think the, the biggest thing to take away from, um, from everything that's going on in the NCAA is that you can see college athletes now that um, – let, let's just look particularly at, at um, college basketball players. They can – uh, finish their NCAA season, 
uh, hire an agent and do NBA draft workouts and they can say, you know what, I'm not as good as what I think I am, but I, I'm not forced to go to the NBA anymore. So now I can just say, hey, I realize the talent level that I'm at isn't ready. I need another year in college. I can go back to college now. Yeah, and, and that's why the NCAA was so harsh on the California law because it eliminated any regulations that yeah. could protect it. And that's a very thin line because if you think like football, you're required to be in school for three years before you yep. enter the NFL, whereas basketball, it's only one year. And baseball, you don't even have to go to college if you don't want to. And so, the NBA, you don't even have to go, to go to college either. You just have to right. be one year removed from high school. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, yeah. Requiring college for kids is kind of, I mean, college is a great resource, but it's not perfect for everyone. Yeah. So that that's interesting. It's been interesting to see Lamella Ball, Ball out in Austra- New Zealand, Australia. I don't know. He's somewhere out there. Yeah. There he's balling out there, man. Yeah, he is. He's, he looks he like be, Jokic. They're saying he might be the number one, uh, number one pick. That's. It depends on who has the number one pick. Yeah. I mean, he looks. Not to no, not okay, to make comparisons. Okay. He's like Steve Nash, and he he's looking like a facilitator that can score. Hold up, hold up. Okay, we're not gonna make this argument again. <laughs> if, yes, every if, time, bro. If Lamelo Ball is the best player in the draft, you take him at number one. If he's the best player in the draft, you take him at number one. Right, because usually the team that's first overall sucks, sucks, and needs to take the best player available. But that doesn't always happen with the draft lottery. If okay. the 14th best odds, if the Gold State Warriors miss it and they're the ninth seed in the West, and they have the first overall pick by glory, are they taking Lamella Ball with the first overall pick? If yes. the Warriors have it behind Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell and Clay Thompson? You said the same thing about Zion Williamson. You said the same exact thing about Zion Williamson. But that if- was before they traded Anthony Davis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this guy. No. No, no, no. If if Lamelo Ball is the number one bona fide pick in the NBA draft, he, you take him. You fix your roster around Lamelo Ball. If, but that's looking ahead to two years. If he still is the best player in the draft, if he is the bona fide number one pick and no questions asked, then you obviously take him. Right, like Zion Williamson. And and you know? here's we're comparing comparing comparison like Le, LeBron James versus Steve Nash. Like, yes, they're two great players in retrospect. But Zion Williamson was a once-generational player, right? Versus LaMelo Ball is going to be good, and maybe he will be generational, but right now he doesn't look like he's going to change the, the face well, of the NBA. And another thing is you compared LeBron James to Steve Nash just now. Steve Nash was not the number one overall pick, best player out of high school. Steve Nash was like a 15th overall pick. Is that so? Yeah. What, what, what pick was he? Steve Nash? Yeah. Can you look that up for me? 1996, round one, pick 15. To the Mavs, right? Uh, Phoenix Suns, man. Oh, he did go to the Suns? And I thought he, he got he, traded. He got, he got traded to the Mavs. That's right. That's a long time ago. And then he, went, he ended up going back to the Suns. I miss Steve Nash, man. Steve Nash was one of the best point guards. He works for the uh, Golden State Warriors, man. He's big into soccer. I follow him on Instagram. He's a yeah. very interesting follow. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's get into today in sports history. Let's start this podcast out. Um, a couple big things, I guess, going all the way back to November 4th, 1924. Uh California legalizes professional boxing. It was illegal s- since uh, 1914. 19. Since, it, since says ni- 19. it says 19, but it's 1914. I remember looking it up. Uh, California was always first in legalizing things. No. They weren't first in legalizing marijuana. Oh, that's, that's Come a good on, fact. man. Come on, man. Thank that you. was, that was uh, Colorado and Washington, right? 
Colorado. Yeah. That was, that was right uh, after S- Super Bowl 48. Or right before. Right before Super Bowl 48, because it was the Seahawks and the, the and the Broncos, bowl. and they were calling it the Super Bowl because they both legalized marijuana and they were playing against each other in the Super Bowl, so it was the Super Bowl. So but when when CU if you're a kid and you listen to this, you don't know what that means. But if you're an adult, you probably just got a little chuckle out of that. I hope you did because I think uh, I'm a funny guy. Ah uh, ha ha. Ah uh, ha ha. 1955, Cy Young, um, Hall of Fame pitcher. Who, he has the most wins in, in Major League Baseball history at 511. Died of a heart attack at 88 years old. Cy Young. Rest in peace, man. 1982, uh, probably the greatest kick returner of all time, Devin Hester, was born. Do you not remember Drew Holiday? What? <laughs> Tristan Holiday. Tristan Holiday. No. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're, <laughs> stop. <laughs> um, Devin Hester had that great return to open up what Super Bowl was that? Was that 40? Whichever one. Was that 42 between the Colts and the Bears? Yeah, it was like and whichever he, one Peyton Manning was in. Yeah, he opened it up, uh, takes takes to the house, and I, was, I remember watching it, and I was like, Oh, yeah. Bears are going to win. I was like, what, nine years old, ten years old? Talking about how the Bears were going to destroy the Colts? Was I wrong? Devin Hester, man. 1988, uh, Des Bryant, uh, Cowboys wide receiver. And I think he had like one or two practices for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, He was born in Galveston County, Texas. I think he's still part of their team. He's just not healthy. No, I thought he only signed a contract for the rest of the season with the Saints. I think he, I mean I don't think he's employed right now. I really don't. In 2001, this is actually really cool. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks beat the New York Yankees three to two in Game Seven at Bank One Ballpark. Uh, this is the Diamondbacks' first baseball World Series, uh, and then uh, Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling both win co-MVP. Should they have done that this year with Strasburg and Scherzer? No. No. Scherzer only went in through. Scherzer didn't make it out of the sixth inning. He shows it in, in game seven. I don't think you can argue that. Did he need to? Um, they won. They so. were down 2-0 at the time when they pulled him. Are you sure? Yeah. He'd given up two remember. runs. That feels like a lifetime ago. Um, 2009, New York Yankees beat the Philadelphia Phillies 7-3 in game six at Yankee Stadium to win the Bronx Bombers 27th World Series. Uh, Hideki Matsui was the MVP. This would be the last time the Yankees have um, made it to the World Series. Right. Since then. It would be the first decade. Was this the same Phillies team that had Cliff Lee, uh, Cole Hamels, uh, Roy Halladay? Yeah, because he threw a no-hitter that, or the no-hitter that uh, That postseason? Against the Cincinnati Reds, that's right. In game one of the uh, um, NLDS over the Cincinnati Reds. Hideki Matsui, man, that's, that's a name. Do you remember, remember, I remember? You remember Hideki Matsui? Yeah, I remember Kaz Matsui too. Kaz Matsui was the second baseman for the Rockies, growing up. Huh? I, I do remember that. That is that is true. Is Kaz Matsui a top twenty Rocky of all time? Do you remember when they did that or top twenty five Rockies? Yeah. Was Kaz Matsui? I don't think so. I don't think he was here that long, was he? I don't know. I couldn't. Would I was you so- put Kaz Matsui in front of DJ LeMahieu? Oh no. Exactly. So that answers your question. I'm looking it up. Really? Kaz Matsui. It's not loading. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you're going to find anything. Uh, Kaz is a retired Japanese professional shortstop switch hitter. Matsui signed with the Mets on December 17, 2003, becoming the first Japanese infielder to sign with a, base, a major league baseball team. Shout out so Kaz. Ichiro Suzuki would have been, would he have been the first outfielder to sign? I, I don't think I so. I don't know. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, he was the first big name, to be real with you. Ichiro? To be real with you. That's why so many fans are, or so many like Japanese fans are 
uh, Seattle Mariners fans. Well, you know, speaking of Ichiro. Won a lot of gold gloves. He did, and he was the oldest outfielder to win a gold glove until Alex Gordon won one this year. Is he going to retire? Retire with a gold glove. Retire out on top. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a Kansas City Royals thing. That would be. And I think Nolan Arenado should do the same thing. You retire, win seven, seven straight gold gloves, just retire. Just just call it quits, man. He's only fourth best among third baseman. I mean, he's still going to be Brooks Robinson, Mike Schmidt, Scott Rowland, Anthony Rendon. Um, Matt Olson won the, the gold glove for first base in American well, League. Listen, listen to this stat. He led AL third baseman in defensive run saves, DRS. He had 18. No other AL third baseman had more than three. Holy cow. And that's a position with Alex Bregman, who looks, I mean, some of the plays he makes, you're like, how did you make that play? Because you were yeah. unprepared. That's crazy. 18 runs saved? Wow. Yeah. I mean, what, what are some positions that surprise you among? I, I was surprised that Anthony Rizzo won it at uh, um, first base for the National League. I was also surprised that, uh, who was it from? Or uh, Nick Ahmed got the shortstop. National League uh, Gold Glove Award over Trevor Story and Paul well, Young. So Rizzo's was his third straight one. He's won it the past two years and won it in the first in 2016. He only made five errors this year. Uh, he had three defensive runs saved, and he was one of three MOE first basemen with 30 plus scoops. Is it what's a plus scoop, bro? I think That's uh, a 30 plus stat. 30 plus scoops. That means that they just had 30 like digs. Well, here's one that surprised me. Like, Yol- Yolmer Sanchez in Chicago wins the AL second base. It's his first career one. He led all second basemen in ultimate zone rating and defensive runs above average this season. He made 116 out-of-zone plays, according to fan graphs, 37 more than any other second AL second baseman. Wow. The, the runners-up were Jose Altuve and DJ LeMahieu. And that's, that's what shocks me, because I, I think... Um, DJ LeMahieu, I mean, I guess the only argument that I could see against DJ LeMahieu was that he didn't play second, second base. base. Yeah. You know, um, is that the, the Yankees used him as a, a third baseman, shortstop, second baseman, first, base, first baseman, uh, DH. They used him as literally every position on that infield. Do you uh, listen to this one? Lorenzo Cain finally won his first gold glove. Oh, finally got his first one. Wow. His first, he's been in the league for 10 years. Um he he finished third among all outfielders with 14 outs above average. He beat out Victor Robles and Harrison Bader. Um, but I don't, I don't I know mean, either of those guys. The the narrative throughout the season was how does he not have a Gold Glove yet? Um, yeah. The other one that surprises me is the AL center fielder. Well, this doesn't necessarily surprise me that Kevin Kiermaier wins the award, but that Mike Trout is his runner-up. Yeah, huh? Mike Trout didn't get a Gold Glove this year, which is really crazy to think. And I mean, I got to see some stats to see what exactly is it that Kevin Kiermaier has over Mike Trout, who's who could win the MVP. So his 17 outs above average were second among major league outfielders, only behind Juan Soto. Kiermaier led all players in outfielder jump at plus 3.8 feet compared to average. I. That's a pretty dumb stat. Just because you can jump higher. Yeah, that's a really dumb stat. But, I mean, he is a gold glove center fielder. He won back-to-back gold gloves in 2015 and 2016. I think Trout won it in 17 and 18. Actually, I think Jackie Bradley Jr. won it um, either last year or the year before. 
Center field is stacked in the AL. Yeah, it is. But then you look over it and right field, I guess. Well, in the American League, I mean, I saw a lot of kickback from when uh, Rawlings announced this, that Mookie Betts won it, and they're like, uh, well, Cole Calhoun had a great year. Josh Reddick had a great year in Houston. But even Aaron Judge wasn't even nominated. I guess he didn't play enough g- yeah. baseball games. But Mookie Betts is a great right fielder. I think it's he is, it is no doubt, yeah. no question, he's the best right fielder in all of baseball right now. And But still, for a lot of fans to think that Aaron Judge is better than Mookie Betts, I mean, Aaron Judge plays in a Little League ballpark. He plays in a fence that's, what, 310 feet? Or 290 feet or something like that? Well, I think it's funny because the highlight for Betts' fourth gold glove is a play that he made in Yankee Stadium. Um, and the only argument you can make for Aaron Judge not being nominated is that he didn't play enough games. I mean, he was yeah he was tied with the NL winner for right field. That was Cody Bellinger yep. uh, with 19 defensive runs saved. It's the most among right fielders among the, the majors. Um, Cody Bellinger on his way to probably winning the MVP in the NL beat out Bryce Harper and Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Huh. And, uh, you know, catcher in the American League is pretty quiet. I mean, Roberto Perez wins his first one. He beats out Danny Jansen in Toronto. That's about all they had going for them this year. And Christian Vasquez in Boston. And then JT Realmuto, he wins his first career gold glove. That's surprising that it's his first career. But I guess you have Yadier Molina, who's won it every year since he's been in the league, basically. Yeah. Uh, Realmuto's average pop time of 1.88 on throws to second base led all catchers this season with at least five attempts. His 88.4 mile-per-hour average arm strength led all catchers with at least 20 throws. He led the majors with 43 yeah. base runners caught stealing. Nobody else had more than 27. I think that might have been Tony Walters. I was going to say. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think Tony Walters is right there. Next year, he'll be nominated. I'm not sure if he'll win it next year, but he should be nominated next year. If he can stay healthy well, and stay on the baseball field, Tony Walters will be nominated for a gold glove. And, the, and the same concept goes for Trevor Story, right? He's in the conversation now, oh. and he should have probably he won, won it last the award. Year. He should have won it last year, and he should have won it this year. But he plays in Coors Field, so his defense is juiced. Zach, <laughs> funny story. Zach Greinke wins the NL pitcher. I've got a great story for Zach Greinke. Um, so he won his uh, uh, Gold Glove this year, and it, it came off of a really bad start in Houston, right? He t- he told this story pretty good after he got traded to Houston um, from Arizona. Um, is that he was getting creamed, or he was getting shelled off of in the in like the first or second inning, and. Uh, Basically, he ends he ends the first or second inning by uh, on fielding a bunt to the third baseline, and he slides, throws it over there, and I guess he doesn't smile a whole lot, but he walks into the dugout after giving up like four or five runs through two innings, and he, he's smiling like like laughing almost. And one of his teammates is like, "Dude, what what the hell? Why are you smiling? Why are you laughing?" And he's like, "That player right there just won me the Gold Glove this year." <laughs> <laughs> so he, like yeah, although he was he was like I just gave up four or five runs. I just won the Gold Glove in June. He was almost a world champ. Almost a world champ. He started in Game Seven. Uh, one last piece I want to note um, before we get into pre- a little bit of predictions. Francisco Lindor wins the shortstop in the American League, but he beats out Marcus Simeon, who had an MVP year, and Anderson yeah. Simmons, who has been the best defender in baseball, minus the two third basements on either side. So. That was a pretty interesting one. My question for you now is, who wins the Platinum Glove? Ooh. 
who wins the platinum glove? So the, the platinum glove is, goes to um, it's voted on by uh, players, manager, or uh, players, managers, and four or up to four members of each um, coaching staff on in Major League Baseball teams. Um, so basically, every every team gets about what uh, five votes from coaches and managers, and players get to vote on it also if they will. Um, gosh, that's a I, I want to say Matt Chapman's going to win it in, in the American League. I feel like he's the best third baseman in all of baseball, uh, or in, in all of the American League. So I, I <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> best third baseman in all of baseball. I have to catch myself there. Um, but really, I, th- I think it could go right back to Matt Chapman and Nolan Arenado like they won it in, in after the 2018 season. That's what I was just about to ask you. Who won it last year? But, I mean, you answered the question. Um, Byron Buxton won it in 2017. And so. now he's not nominated this year, right? Or he didn't get one this year? Is it per league? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's per league. Okay. It's per league. American League Platinum Glove and a, a National League Platinum Glove. I really think Nolan Arenado and uh, Matt Chapman could both win it. Both products of Altoro High School. I, The hype around Arenado's glove this year hasn't been what it has been in years past. Anthony Rizzo actually won it in 2016 with Francisco Lindor. Uh, the year before that, Yachty and Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, the year after that, or the year before that, Yachty and Alex Gordon. 2013, Angleton Simmons, and guess this name, Manny Machado. Huh. Then the year before that, Yadier Molina, Adrian Beltre. And the year before that, Yadier Molina and Adrian Beltre. So huh. third baseman's kind of rule. Third baseman's and that's about it. Third baseman's. There's a third baseman every – There's it never goes two years without having a third baseman. Huh. Yes, it does. That's interesting. 2014, 2015, and 2016. I lied. Um, yeah, I really think it could go Chapman Arenado this year. I think platinum it, gloves. I think it's a great award. I think it's a super cool idea. Um, who would you have won the Platinum Glove of the World Series? Um, there was not like Juan, Juan Soto made a great play in in Game Seven, kind of like a dive. In yeah, front, just a mini dive. I, I guess. I feel like if you play left field at Minimum Park, you're going to make one of those plays. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It happened to Boston, right? Yeah. Uh, who was it that made that play out yeah. there? Andrew Benatendi. That's right. That's right. Gold glove runner-up. Well, let's look at our predictions. I had Strohs in seven. Isaac had Astros in six. We were both incorrect. Shout-out to the Nationals for winning. Um, I'm sure they got their shout-out last week. but Yeah, this is the first time you and I have been able to really like talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, and I just want to look back at how our predictions worked out because we were kind of in the ballpark. I think... If the Astros win the World Series, I think we're both right there. Yeah. Because Alex Bregman probably wins the MVP with how he performed. Yeah. Um, Jose Altuve would have been a close runner-up. Maybe Garrett Cole if they're going pitcher. It always seems like it's never the best player that wins the MVP, and I think I said that it, last show. It's not the best player on the team that wins the MVP. It's who made a difference in that World Series. Which I think is the best but, way to do the exactly. award. I, and, I and if you look at the NBA, Kevin Durant has been the best player and I guess Kawhi Leonard last year, but you know you make a good argument there. Andre Iguodala was better than Steph Curry in that series. That is uh, true. Derek Cole was our best pitcher. He was pretty damn good, but Steven Strasburg was better. I mean, um, he did win MVP. That is true. Steven Strasburg was great. And had Garrett Cole pitched in Game 7, I think we're looking at a different series. Oh, absolutely, and I think you did write an article about that. I, I suggest that you guys check it out on MyMetMedia.com from Isaac. Great article about the World Series and about how bullpens are used now in the MLB. You know? At least in the postseason. 
Well, and we, and we talked about it pre-postseason and how we expected things to change. Yeah. You need three starting pitchers, and we saw the Nationals use three starting pitchers. Max Scherzer, they used Steven Strasburg, and they used Patrick Corbin out of the bullpen. And, and, well, and Ball Sanchez. And he had a good performance, but how much did he pitch? Exactly. That's true. I just think um, – I, I said it in the article, but it, it the Nationals had the highest – bullpen um, payroll in Major League Baseball, right? And it was, at, it was sitting at right about $77 million if I if I can remember correctly. And um, their bullpen on average, or their bullpen, they spent, what, 17 or $18 million on it? And the, the the average is $22 million for a team to spend on their bullpen. And so for them to, to say, hey, you know what? Instead of spending money on a bullpen that we know can get us to the postseason, we're just going to spend money on starting pitchers that can get us through the postseason and succeed in the postseason. And I think it worked. You know, it obviously worked. It obviously worked. They're world champs. Um, who had the better crowd, Houston or Washington? I think or I, th- I think Washington had the better crowd in three games. Yeah. Um, they lost all three games, but it, it was the, f- well, the first um, time the World Series had ever been in Washington, D.C. for that franchise. And I think they were excited to be there. It was also the first time that no home team won a game. So yeah, exactly. maybe that has something to say about both crowds in this series. Is Washington may be good, but... Or first, is before, before I rag on the crowds because they were probably pretty damn good. That shows how mentally tough both these teams were to win on the road. Exactly. Whenever they went on the road, they won, and that's pretty impressive. Um, the juice ball was back. It was sauced. It was juicy. It was. It was back again. Another change. I, I said which that pushed back the analysis from MLB baseball, MLB on the baseball. Yeah. Um, to as late as spring training so we probably they're going to continue to push back and stall out this long process i did see an interesting article from nick groke from the athletic about the rockies kind of like a season like look back Mm -hmm. and it was interesting to see how bud black and uh the gm jeff uh, breidich jeff breidich they were really kind of just blaming the baseball for how they pitched really and and i thought that was kind of a cop-out kind of move and i get it the, if you look at the stats, their their ERA and stuff was very similar to 2015, which was their worst season in their history for pitching. But their home runs per nine was skyrocketed, and I think that's important to look at. Yeah, the first person to choke, we were both wrong. Neither national choked. Uh, we had Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. The best bat flip. This is a good one. You said Jordan Alvarez. I said Carlos Correa. And I think now, looking back on the series, it was neither of them. I think it was Alex Bregman and Juan Soto. That had, in, in Game Seven, with the they run down the baseball game, pad, game, run, six. Run down. game six, Game Six, yeah, you're right, my my bad. But that was pretty. I mean, to do that, and I thought it was good playfulness. It was good baseball. The fact that they were able to be like, "Okay, guys, let's do it again." <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah. Juan Soto is such a cocky little. But he's such a you co- love he literally, to watch him play. He literally g- grabs his nuts and stares at Zach Granke dead in the, like squares him up in the batter. He squares him up in the batter's box and grabs his nuts and says, "Listen, I'm tw- I just turned 21 years old. I'm the best there is, plain and simple." Yeah. You're going to you're going to walk me again. That was that was pretty, you know, pretty cool to watch him in the batter's box and that's a a note for young hitters how he carries himself in the batter's box. He's a much better hitter and Yes, he's great going to the opposite field, but I mean, that was 
He's a good hitter, and he's very, very confident to play. Who gets us a free taco? It was Trey Turner in the first inning of the first game. Good I was, job, I was right. That was, that was my one right prediction. Let's and go. my one right prediction was the unsung hero. <laughs> I said Angel Hernandez. It was the umpires. What did we think about that call in game six? The It sucked. Every call pretty much sucked in, in, in this World Series. If you look at the percent, I talked about it last week's on, on last week's podcast. I don't know if you listened to it or not. Um, league average... Uh, umpires get about 91% of the uh, calls correct between strikes and balls and uh, plays at, at first base, second base, third base. They get about 91% of those calls correct. Um, these umpires uh, flirted with about 90, 92% in each game. Um, but it, it's not necessarily getting 8% of the calls wrong. It's getting 8% of the calls wrong in crucial moments, yeah. in big moments, like and missing calls that are uh, missing a baseball that's three, three and a half inches off the plate. That's where I have a problem with it. So here's a point I'll make about that play game six. If you don't know what we're talking about, Trey Turner hits a slow roller. I think it's Will Harris fields it, and he throws yep. into the baseline. Trey Turner, who's coming out of the right-handed batter's box, is on the inside of the first baseline. He's on the grass, but when he crosses first base, he is on the right side of the bag. The throw goes into him. He's called out for interference. Um, and here's the problem with it. The call is correct Yeah. via the rule. Um, and it's a the, judgment call. And, and before you go there, it, it, the call is correct via the rule. The, the first thing is, is this reminds me a lot of the pass interference call that happened last year in the NFC Championship game. The call was correct. Well, it wasn't correct. But it reminds me a lot of that because there was such a wholesale of people that didn't agree with the call. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, when you yawn, you always mess me up, dude. I, I, the, the, my favorite part is when you yawn, you don't, like, back up for the mic. You go, oh, right on the mic. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting clipped. Um, to, to follow up, I like I like how the Nationals responded. Obviously, they hit a Anthony Rendon hits a tank and they they win the game. So uh, they win the game, but they win the game. They win the game. They win the game. They win the game. So. The game. Um, real quick, I, I I think that call is just such a judgment call. To to I I don't understand how. Um, well, okay, let me backtrack. It was the, it was the wrong call, I think, but it was a judgment call. It's a call that you make in the moment, you know. It's a call that even if you go back to look at the review, you're gonna say it's a judgment call. You see it based on where you're standing, right? You know, and and do I think Trey Turner should have been punished for um, for the pitcher's bad throw? No, no. You know, well, that's, that, that's 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 literally the argument against it is is why is the base runner gonna be punished for a the defensive player's bad throw? Yeah, it's uh, not Trey Turner's fault that this dude can't throw a goddamn baseball. You know who can throw baseball? Who? Jared Cole and Steven Strasburg. And they're about to get paid. Will they surpass the record of $217 million held by David Price right now? I think so. Oh, I think they both Absolutely. will. And I think they both will pass, I think it's Max Scherzer's annual average. No, of, Justin Verlander's, I'm of, sorry. Of like 30-something? 31.7. It was Granky, and now um, I don't think there's any way that the Astros are able to resign Cole. Yeah. And to, to make another point, to lead to the next question, I don't think there's any way that the Nationals will be able to choose between Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg. They're going to have to part ways with one of them. Exactly. And that's because Steven Strasburg opted out of his um, of four years, $100 million guaranteed on but, his contract that he has. But, but 
he's going after to get more. Yeah, I mean, he's going to make over $215 million versus the $100 million he's set to make. So yeah. that's a no-brainer for Steven Strasburg. Well, um, the way the way I see it is, so he's basically set to make twenty five million a year. If he he he's honestly saying right now, he thinks that he can get more than twenty five million a year. Which that's what he's saying. And does anybody not agree with that? I I, I think he does, but I'm not sure how much more he gets than twenty five million. I wouldn't be surprised to see. Uh, he's he's what thirty years old. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see like a a, a six year Oof. maybe two fifty. Eight years three hundred. He's gonna be thirty eight by the end of that contract. Teams are going to pay that money. You look at Nolan Arenado getting paid. Um, he's he's getting paid into his 37-year-old season. Well, I think I could see an eight-year contract, but there's going to be, like you said, opt-outs yeah. after four or five years, mutual agreements, because if he gets hurt or he doesn't become the same pitcher that he wasn't in Washington. I exactly. mean, we've seen Bryce Harper exactly. leave Washington, and he's been a different player. Uh, but but th- that being said, I, don't, I guess I don't know the Nationals' um, money – Comprehensively, let's enough just, to, to argue it. But I, they, they could throw the bag at Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg and just say, let's keep this same roster. And if they do that, how are they going to continue to control team Ex- control of Juan Soto and exactly. Max Scherzer and Trey Turner? Yeah, exactly. As Drupal, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. you're, you're totally right. You know, Juan Soto and, and Trey Turner are guys that obviously are going to get extensions, and they're probably going to get massive extensions. I know Juan Soto's in his what second year, yeah. but that's still an, uh, you're you're still looking ahead to. Um, arbitration next offseason with him. Some other moves that we want to talk about. The Padres are chasing Steven Strasburg. I could see that happening. The Dodgers are chasing Francisco Lindor, who's in a contract year in Cleveland. You pay the man. He is the face of that franchise. Yep. Corey Kluber can't stay healthy. Um, the Mets have hired Carlos Beltran as their manager. The Cubs have also hired David Ross as their manager. We're getting young player managers. Um, what do you think about that? I think it's good. I really like to see these faces, the, these faces that I grew up watching them play baseball. Now they're managing baseball teams. You know, David Ross, like we just said, uh, Carlos Beltran, like we just said, um, Don Mattingly. I guess he's been in the league for a long time, but <laughs> but he was still like a player that that like. I mean, I grew up and I watched film of him like on YouTube and stuff. David Ross won the World Series in 2016, 2016 with the Cubs. Okay, it is 2019, three years versus yeah. Don Mattingly <laughs> in like 1980 in the 70s and 80s. Um, oh, that's so funny. Other free agents. I, I cracked myself. Rendon, Strasburger, Strasburg. <laughs> Strasburg and Bumgarner. That'd be uh, a good. If you're Steven Strasburg, you're, you <laughs> Strasburg and Bumgarner. If they go to the same team and they go one like one two back to back games, we're just gonna give him a new nickname of Strasburger. <laughs> they just need to make a restaurant wherever he goes. Strasburger. Strasburger. JD Martinez is also opting out. Uh, Hinjin Ru is also gonna be a a free agent. Um, it'll be interesting to see where all these names lands. I, I think Garrett Cole is going to go to the Angels. I mean, he's from Southern California. Uh, the Angels have money to spend. They've got, I've, I've said it before, they've got the three best players in, in three different uh, um, eras. You know, you got Albert Pujols, you got Mike Trout, and you got um, Shohei Otani. You know, Albert Pujols was the best player of the 2000s. Mike Trout's the best player of the 2010s. And I think Shohei Otani is going to be the best player of the 2020s. And I'll make a take here. Next year, he will have an insane MVP caliber year. Do I think he wins it? No, because I think Trout will be better. better. But he was not healthy this year, and I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, Someone who is not healthy, Joe Flacco. Um, And the Broncos had to make a change this last week. 
Brandon Allen. Yep. Is that his name? I don't, Brandon I don't, Allen. I don't even know his name. This is He's actually in his fourth year in the NFL. Never had a regular season start. Um, and uh, he went to Arkansas. That's about all I know about him. Uh, and I know that he got the Broncos a win. And Even he, though I, I kind of wish we lost. And he played good enough for him to start the rest of the season. He was much. 12 of 20 on passes for 193 yards. He had two touchdowns. Uh, one was to Cortland Sutton, and I think the other one was to Noah Fant, who ran 50-some yards. Yep, that is um, quick. Which is pretty good. The defense, wow, nice voice crack. The defense held Baker Mayfield and the Browns, who have been horrific on offense this year, to four field goals in the first half and made a key fourth down stand in the red zone in the third quarter to give the offense a chance to break the game open. That is a long sentence you wrote. That is. Um, something <laughs> interesting that I, that I thought of, um, or that I heard, was that the NFL made Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry change their cleats at halftime. Otherwise, they wouldn't be allowed to play. I, I hate that rule. I, know, I hate just, the, the NFL's rules. One point that we missed on baseball that we need to talk about next week, and you should talk about it with Ronan tomorrow, the NBA... Or, the Nike jerseys in the MLB. Oh, yeah, that's right. The new right. contract. That, that actually and is effective today. It's effective today. It's effective and, today. And we'll be very interested to see if there's a Nike swoosh on the chest over the pinstripes in New York. I think there will be, just to start it off. Um, but anyways, um, I, like you I said, Brandon Allen played good enough for him to start the rest of the season. We will not be seeing Drew Locke this season. Um, we're obviously not going to see Joe Flacco. Um, is that good or bad? That's good. I think it's think good. we won't see Drew Locke? I think it's good that we won't see Drew Locke. I think it's good because the, he's not ready for NFL play yet. I don't think he's ready. Um, like, what hurt? What harm does it do for him to come into the league this year, or for him to, to sit out this year and then and then come in next year? Uh, what harm does that do to him? You know, just get, it gives him a redshirt year to kind of adjust to the NFL schedule, to adjust to the NFL practices, to adjust to the timing. You know. Um, it's it's a lot better than sending him out there uh, in year one as a as a rookie, you know, to, to throw three or four picks a game yeah. behind a, a horrible offensive line and, Which, and a wide receiving crew that is not that good yet. This is this is very like a Case Keenum part two is what I really see and yeah. how they performed late in the year. Um, the thing is, is they won a game, but if you look forward into their schedule, minus the Raiders and the Chargers and a healthy. Patrick Mahomes, what is this team gonna? Who are they gonna beat? That I, I said the same exact thing. I last week I said that I wasn't sure if the Broncos would win a game the rest of the season, and and they beat the Browns, and I just, I mean, I'm shocked. You know, I'm I'm honestly <laughs> I was, shocked. Dude, I didn't expect them the to win. Broncos won. I mean, I, I I got home and I saw that the Broncos were up, uh, um, by by two scores over the Browns at halftime almost, and I was like, what, what? The Broncos are up. No way. Yeah, man. Um, LaVisca Chanel. It's going to be a future Bronco, man. You know, and, and Brandon Allen, I mean, completed 12 of 20 passes for 193 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, like you said, it's good enough to play the rest of the season. And I, I I think this is a good move because I hope he struggles. I hate to say it, but I hope he struggles. So that way, one, the Broncos can lose, lose more games, and we can get a, a better draft pick. It's, it's pretty telling when all the media around this team right now – is all saying this is not good for this team. It's not. Because everybody knows that this team needs a first-round quarterback. Yes, 100%. And they do not have one on this roster. And if Brandon Allen continues to be Case Keenum or middle-of-the-pack quarterback, 
they are not going to get that, and they're going to be continue to be stuck in this mediocrity. Exactly, because what's going to happen is Brandon Allen's going to play play his way into a starting quarterback conversational role, and, and all of a sudden Trevor it's going to yeah, all of a sudden it's going to be a Brandon Allen, Brock Osweiler, like, yeah, exactly. Paxton Lynch, the it's gonna, Chad Kelly. Like, can I name any more quarterbacks that are in this? Exactly, it's it's going to be a a another one of those situations where we see a uh, two. Below average quarterbacks fighting to be a starting uh, starting quarterback for this Denver Broncos roster. I I mean, if you look at the situation, you feel bad for Joe Flacco. I mean, the guy's played his heart out. Yeah. He wasn't great in Denver. What What are you gonna miss most about the Joe Flacco era? What are you gonna remember most? Uh, John Elway trying to act like Joe <laughs> Flacco was in his prime. Yep. When When John Elway says, "Oh yeah, uh, Joe Flacco's in his prime, and, and we really like him." You know, oh, shut up, John Elway. Yeah. Gosh. I, I don't know about that. Gosh. I don't know about that, man. Uh, but I do know Noah Fant had a good game. Tell me about Noah Fant. Uh, Noah Fant actually finally showed up to um, to play. Welcome to the NFL, big fella. Uh, Joe F- or Noah Fant, one touchdown for 75 yards, and then he had another two catches for 40 yards. Um, he looked really good on that run for 75 yards. <laughs> he you? caught the ball while running. What were you going to say? <laughs> did you say Joe Fan? <laughs> I think I said Joe Fan. I think I did. I'm not going to lie. I think I said Joe Fan. Yeah, we all heard it. Um, but yeah, I mean, looks really good on that 75 yard touchdown pass. Oh. Caught the ball running and it got a couple guys off of him and, and beat him there. It was nice to see Noah Fant finally show up. Nice I, to see that he's not as big of a bust as what he is already. I'd like to play a clip that is the Broncos season in four seconds. I, I just ready is for it this. playing? Is it playing? It's playing. Turns out, I was wrong. That's John Elway. That's John Elway. <laughs> Turns out, I was wrong. Joe Flacco will fix the offense. Vance Joseph is a leader of men. Sometimes you see a tweet and it pisses you off that you didn't tweet at first. <laughs> that is true. Oh, man. As a former quarterback, I know what to look for in a left tackle, a middle linebacker, a cornerback in the draft, a tight end, into a position. <laughs> the list goes, Case Keenum will fix the offense. I heard Danny, Andy Dalton got benched. John Elway fell out of his chair with excitement. Twitter is insane, oh, man. man. This app is free? Oh, that's that's horrible. John Elway, you know, and as as much as I hate to say it, I mean, John Elway's time will not run run out in Denver yet. The, the until until ownership can figure out what the hell they're doing, I don't think this Denver Broncos team can let go of of John Elway. Joe Ellis does not know how to fire John Elway. He's not in that position to fire John Elway. What does John Elway care? He's got three rings. He's got all three rings in the history of this franchise. Exactly. He's like, I almost said like the Derek Jeter of the Yankees. That would I mean, not he, be a good comparison. I mean, he obviously knows how to run a football franchise, right? Turns out. He was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, John, John Elway will not lead this Broncos franchise until ownership is all figured out. Until Joe Ellis is... I get, until this whole bowl and daughter situation thing is figured out and who actually owns the team, John Elway's going to be a member of this Broncos front office. He's going to be running the football operations for this Denver Broncos franchise. It's It's no... No question. I hope Peyton Manning gets a shot, but I, I know that's not going to happen. It's like thinking Todd Houghton will become the manager after Bud Black gets fired. I hope not. Todd Houghton has two DUIs in like three years. <laughs> okay, my bad. Let's put Brad Hopp, Aaron Cook, 
Jeff Francis. Ubaldo Jimenez. <laughs> Garrett Atkins. Hideki Matsui. Ubaldo <laughs> Jimenez hasn't retired yet. He's still playing. Is he playing in the Dominican League or oh, something? Oh, yeah. Did he get play out there until he's 74? Ubaldo Jimenez looked like he was old when he was a rookie in the MLB. Huh. Charlie Blackman, they, player they, manager. He got a fake bake, uh, birth certificate. <laughs> I am 12. <laughs> Gosh, I love this podcast. Philip Lindsay had his longest rush of the season, 40 yards. Also had a 30-yard touchdown for nine, um, nine carries, 92 yards. Is he getting touchdown. the ball enough, do you think? Well, no, and we we know this, but he hasn't put up the stats that he had last year. Yep. But it's clear to see that he's the number one back in this league, and he's going to continue to perform when he gets the ball more, and he has a solid offensive line. Oh, I mean, you would call it solid. O- we are not watching the same Broncos team. If you when think that's a solid, he has a solid offense. When he has a he solid, he does not have one now, and that's why nine carries for ninety-two yards and one touchdown isn't thirteen carries for one fifty and two touchdowns like Christian McCaffrey. I think that's the next step in his game. We we've talked time and time again about how good of a receiver Philip Lindsay is, and. I think that's the next step is he becomes the Christian McCaffrey aspect that he can catch and run. Christian McCaffrey is a freak of nature, and he's one oh, of the yeah. best. He's arguably the best back in the NFL right now with Kamara Hurt. But it, it doesn't – Lindsey's taking a step back, and I think we all expected that. The sophomore slump is real, especially for an undrafted rookie. For sure. But he's not – far off and I think that goes to say and I'll say it every single week we put around this podcast the Broncos are not far off they're a couple pieces away from being in contention uh, I disagree to win a Super Bowl no they are way off of a Super Bowl but they are three games this year that they could have won I mean they would be six and six no Realistically, this team could even be. What? Uh, I'm sorry, they would be six and three because they don't lose those three games. They could be seven and two. The Packers game is a winnable ball game. Exactly. So they are not far off from contention. Seven and three against when you have to play the Ravens, when you have to play the Patriots, when you have to play the 49ers. I mean, they they hung with the Niners in uh, preseason. Don't no. <laughs> No. That's all I'm going to say. No. Well, here's the important no. piece of that game. No. Here's the important piece. Joe Flacco did not play very long in that game. And look at the results. Stats don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Emmanuel Sanders has to be very happy that he's a part of a winning team right wow. now. Emmanuel Sanders has he Emmanuel Sanders is probably buying John Elway a steak dinner <laughs> when he gets back to Denver. If he ever gets back to Denver, Emmanuel Sanders owes John Elway a steak dinner. A nice steak dinner at, at Elway's. <laughs> Well, we love yeah. the same thing. Oh man, yeah. Hey, John Elway, let me take you out to your restaurant, Elway's, <laughs> for a nice steak dinner tonight because you traded me to the best team in the American Football League. And the best part, because it's his restaurant, neither of them are paying for that dinner. Yeah, <laughs> because it's already comped. That sounds about right, man. That sounds about right. Um, bye week. Yeah, the Broncos are entering a bye week, and honestly, I the numbers. Don't lie. I think teams that come out of a bye week struggle, and I wish I had the numbers right here in front of me, but I don't. But I, I believe teams that come out of bye weeks actually struggle. That 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 is a true. Like they lose more games than they win. The teams that come out of bye weeks lose more games than they win. Okay, good for them. But it's not like the Broncos are going to win anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, the next time the Broncos play is November seventeenth. 
against the Minis- in Minnesota to play against the Vikings. Who have been a top five team in this league. Yeah, and so I can't wait for us to lose. We will all be getting ready for Thanksgiving, probably getting ready to travel. Thanksgiving getting is ready. still 11 days away by that day. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's that weekend. Like, it's Sunday. You know, you're getting ready for travel plans. You're getting ready to bring family in. Two weeks in advance? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're bringing family in. You know, you're probably stressing out about family. You got to meet your girlfriend's parents. All that kind what, of stress. What's stuff. a girlfriend, dude? I don't know what that is. You know? But that's what we'll be doing on November 17th, Broncos-Vikings. Can't wait to see the Broncos lose again. I really hope we lose the rest of the season. I, You know, winning games now, it could be the difference between a top five pick and a top ten pick. You know, it's the difference between getting a great quarterback and a mediocre cornerback. So take it as you want to. That's how I see it. What did we learn real today? Quick, uh, real, uh, oh. Brandon Allen would not... What would Brandon Allen's stats look like had it not been for that no offense 75 yard touchdown pass? Well, if you want to do the math, you take 193 <laughs> yards and you subtract 75. So, really, what he threw for 120, 118 yards, if you don't include that no offense 75 yard touchdown pass? I, I think the key takeaway is no turnovers there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, So what did I learn today? I learned that Brandon Allen is just good enough for this Denver Broncos franchise to be mediocre for the next five years. I don't think he'll be here for five years. I think they'll continue the carousel quarterback. But um, interesting offseason news for the MLB. I mean, we had the three-headed monster last year, the Boris family of Machado, Harper, and Arenado. And I think it's going to be even more interesting this offseason. I mean, there's more names out there. Uh, there's more movement out there. So, How many players get $300 million contracts this season? Over, under, three. Under. Hmm. Okay. Um, because I think Cole and Strasburg are the only two that Rendon? arguably. Rendon, Rendon won't get Rendon's it. Rendon's $300 million. That's putting him in Nolan and Arenado territory. Maybe 275 but Rendon is not worth $300 million, at least not yet. So Strasburg, Rendon, Cole, Bumgarner, no. J.D. Martinez, Hengenu? No, 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 no. no. So That's Okay, so two. over under two. No, you said three. Okay, but now I'm changing it. Over under two. Do two guys get... You get 300 million? Over under. Well, well, it's a push, so I'll take over. Huh. Okay. Because I think it's two. Okay. That's fair. Oh, gosh. What? Broncos make me depressed. They won. <laughs> yeah, they make me depressed because now we're not gonna we're we're gonna settle for a a, a cornerback at eleventh overall. LaVisca Chenault. Imagine having Brandon Allen players in the Cortland Sutton pl- and LaVisca Chanel. Players, <laughs> players <laughs> from, bowl to give it a hold. hold <laughs> players from the Pac-12 do not succeed in the NFL. Look at Marcus Mariota. That's all you got? What about Gardner Minshew? What has he done in Jacksonville? He beat the Broncos. That's about it. Okay. Players from the Pac-12 don't succeed. Thank you, Met Radio, for hosting. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Thank you, Met Radio, for hosting this podcast. Met Radio is the student voice of MSU Denver. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Hit us up with questions for the next podcast. Interact with us on social media. Ronan O'Shea will be on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, that podcast will probably go live at right about 3 p.m., 4 p.m. or so. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, 
But Ronan O'Shea will be on tomorrow's podcast. It's going to be all about baseball. Ronan O'Shea brought us into Met Media, so shout out to that guy. The music's wrapping up. That means you got to wrap up, too. You can email us, game7showgmail.com, Facebook, Game7Show, YouTube, Game7Show. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore Game7. You can follow Will at Will underscore Sattler. And you can follow myself at Isaac underscore Bugarin. And if you haven't already, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, does Spotify let us review people also? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and I want to remind everybody that if you're looking for a pet, go to the shelter first. Rescue. Boom. Baby. Right at the end. Look at that. I have nothing to fade out. So it's now a, you have to start over. It's a great podcast, man. No. Thank you guys for listening. You have to start over. I have to play music. Shut up. <laughs> We're ending this podcast. See you guys next week.